Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Eddie Van Halen, Lenny Kravis, Will and Jada Smith, Gloria Estefan, Daniel Craig, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. J.A.G. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up at NYC. Up on the train and the radio is all I need. In the fuse is celeb news, I let see. That's entertainment. Who became famous? Number one source of pop culture, radio or not, we gon' chase it. That's entertainment. Save adolescents from the ghetto conversation. Gotta make a change in that's entertainment. Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So baby, don't forget the tune. The bins is nice, the jacks is the better cruise. There is no car, but when could you plan to I'm your host, Tammy Jones. Give where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show, click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way it will send you a reminder when I come on air live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656. And press the number one. That's three four seven six three seven two six five six. And press the number one. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash that's entertainment dot radio. Follow us on Twitter at that's entertain one. That's T H A T S entertain E N T E R T A I N and the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto fourteen. Stiletto like the high heel shoe. S T I L E T T O and the number fourteen. And you can also follow me on Instagram. Just go to T Jones Gives. That's T J O N E S G I B B S. Right now, the current temperature in the N Y is a sunny. Uh, 64 degrees. Uh, Before I get started with the first uh, story of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out to everyone who's been there from the very beginning of the show. We've been been here on BTR for about over 10 years now, so I'd like to give everybody a big, big thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for tuning in. And if you can't listen to the show in its whole entirely, you can always come back, listen to the archives here on Blog Talk Radio, and we also post the show on the Facebook and Twitter account. So how is everybody doing? Uh, Last Wednesday I wasn't on the air celebrating my uh, anniversary, wedding anniversary, so I uh, took the day off. Also, it's October. You know October is Breast uh, Cancer Awareness Month, so make sure, ladies and men, to check out, get your your annual breast exam done. And uh, what uh, October it has been, Uh, you know, tonight is the, uh, the debate with the vice president, um, Michael Pence, and uh, uh, Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris, tonight is the, they're, this time, they're, they're debating this time around. Uh, 
you know, a lot is going on in this country, in the U.S. Uh, you know, Donald Trump, our so-called president, caught the coronavirus. He caught it last week. Uh, they're saying that he might have been at the, the Rose Garden ceremony for uh, the 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 woman that he wants to appoint to uh, Supreme Court Justice. Uh, a lot of people at that ceremony was infected, uh, his press secretary, uh, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. Uh, it's just a mess, you know. And if you remember the debate that Trump and uh, uh, Vice President Biden had, it was just a mess. Hopefully the debate tonight with Pence and Harris will be a little more civil and uh you know and then he comes back from the hospital claiming you know he gets all these drugs experimental drugs and he's feeling fine and telling the american people that don't let the virus defeat you and everything that's all fine and good when you have access to medicine and uh you know we the american public is not that lucky and people are livid because he, as soon as he got there to the White House, he took off his mask. So, but uh, that's what's going on here in the United States. I know I have a lot of listeners all around the world, but uh, it's it's crazy here, very crazy. Um, I want to uh, say uh, this week on this week's show, uh, we're going to be talking about guitarist Eddie Van Halen from the legendary. Uh, co-founder of the group uh, uh, Van Halen. Uh, He died after a battle of cancer. Um, Eddie Van Halen, uh, I remember Eddie Van Halen as a uh, always smiling. Every time you saw the videos, he's performing. He always had a smile on his face. And I remember when I was in college, when I was on my college radio station, the program director at the radio station at the time uh, was a friend of mine uh, named Jeff. He was a big Van Halen fan. And I remember when he had his show, his radio, his a show on the air at the college radio station, he used to uh, just play Van Halen to death. So we're going to be talking about the legendary guitarist. Also this week, uh, Lenny Kravis uh, has a new memoir. You know, a lot of celebrities are coming out with memoirs. Now, Mariah Carey just came out with hers. Now, Eddie, I mean, sorry, now Lenny Kravis has his. It's called Let Love Rule. And in the memoir, he gets really candid about his personal life to the part that he talks about that he thought about killing his own father. I'll tell you the reason behind that. And Will and Jada Pickett-Smith, they... um. They have their Red Table talk, and uh, as you guys recall, and I talked about this a couple months ago, how Jada confessed on Red Table that she had an entanglement with R&B singer August Alsina, and everybody was talking about the way Will was looking on the show. He looked sad. He looked like he was crying. Well, they come and confess what was really going on with Will Smith with his and the impression on his face. And Gloria Estefan, congratulations to her. We, we're talking about Red Table Talk. She is going to be launching her own Red Table Talk. Uh, it's, called, it's supposed to be a spinoff from Jada's 
Facebook Watch series, and it's called the uh, the Red Table Talk, the Estefans, where she uh, talks about taboos in the Latin community, and uh, it's supposed to start tonight. And the first episode, they talk about um, her daughter coming out as a, a lesbian, and uh, Daniel Craig uh, was on, uh, I think Jimmy Fallon this week, where he talks about. The final James Bond, the postponement of the movie, and why uh, when he said that if he did another James Bond film that he was going to split his wrist, this week he tells Jimmy why he said it, and uh, there's so much more. Uh, Also this week, uh, George Michael's ex-boyfriend is uh, launching a legal bid for $20,000 a month from his his estate, and... uh, Steve Carell is getting ready to return for the second season of the, uh, I think the TV drama The Morning Show. So let's get started. Um, Eddie Van Halen, as you know, the legendary guitarist and co-founder of Van Halen, has died after a long battle with cancer. Sources directly connected to the rock star tells uh, tell us that. He died at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica on Tuesday. His wife, Janie, was by his side, along with his son, Wolfgang, his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli, and Alex, Eddie's brother and drummer. Now, we are, we're told in the last 72 hours that uh, Eddie had this ongoing health battle, and it went massively downhill. And doctors have discovered that his lung cancer had moved to his brain as well as other organs. Now, as you know, Eddie had been battling cancer for well over a decade. And uh, a source said that uh, he had been in and out of the hospital over the past year, including last November, for intestinal issues and recently underwent a round of chemo. Uh, last year, they reported that Eddie was flying between the U.S. and Germany for five years to get radiation treatment. And though he was a heavy smoker for years, he believed he developed throat cancer from a metal guitar pick he used to frequently hold in his mouth more than 20 years ago. Nevertheless, he continued to attend concerts and rehearse music with his son, who, if y'all didn't know, became Van Halen's bassist in 2006. And, of course, Eddie himself was considered one of the best and most influential guitarists of all time, who first made a name for himself with his solo on Van Halen, Eruption. Now, Eddie found the classic rock group in Pasadena in 1972 with his brother Alex on on drums and then uh, Michael Anthony on bass and then David Lee Roth as the singer. Eddie served as the main songwriter on their self-titled debut album in 1978, which launched the group into rock superstardom in the 80s. They went on to pump out hits uh, including Running, With the Devil, Unchained, Hot for Teacher, Panama, and Jump. And they continued their success with Sammy Hagar on lead vocals after the departure of David Lee Roth in 1985. Now, while the band had already achieved hard rock superstardom, Eddie became a pop culture icon with the 1983 release of Michael Jackson Beat It, which featured Eddie's iconic guitar solo. 
And though some members of Van Halen have changed, uh, Eddie and Alex was the con- was the constant in the band, and Eddie uh, acclaimed guitar work being the focal point of their legacy. Van Halen was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007, and Eddie is widely considered one of the greatest guitar players of all time. He is survived by his wife, Janie, his ex-wife, Val- Valerie Bertinelli, and his son, um, Eddie was only 65 years old, and like I said, uh, I I remember they, they, that big hit in the 80s, Jump. It was played all over the radio. Uh, I, like I said, uh, when I used to work on college radio, when I was on my college radio station in college, one of the uh, the program directors of the radio station was a big Van Halen fan and every time he had his show, his show was right on before me Um, I used to be on at around 1 in the afternoon, he did a 12 noon show and he every week or every other day he used to play that Van Halen song (laughs) jump so um, yeah may he rest in peace Uh, you know may he rest in peace uh, speaking, uh, many celebrities took to social media on Tuesday, October 6th, to honor Eddie Van Halen after news broke that the rock legend had lost his battle with throat cancer. Uh, his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli, was among them making use of her Instagram account to post a touching tribute dedicated to the late musician. Now, in her tribute uh, post, the Touched by the Angel Star shared a black and white throwback photo of them and their son Wolfgang as she reminisced their time together. And this is what she said. She said, 40 years ago, my life changed forever when I met you. You gave me the one true light in my life, our son Wolfgang. Through all your challenges, treatment for lung cancer, you kept your gorgeous spirit and that impish grin. She also went on to say, I'm so grateful Wolfie and I were able to hold you in your last moments. I will see you in our next life, my love, unquote. Now, Valerie and Eddie tied a knot in April of 1981. Following years of marriage, the two decided to go their separate ways in 2001, as their divorce was finalized in 2007. Now, the actors noted that they decided to split because of his cocaine addiction and his refusal to quit smoking despite being diagnosed with oral cancer and losing one-third of his tongue in the treatment process. Now, Eddie's son, Wolfgang, confirmed his father passing on October 6th. Tributes continued to pour in following the heartbreaking news with the likes of Nikki Six, Vince Neal, and Lenny Kravitz sending their condolences on social media. And speaking of Lenny Kravitz, he got real candid about his personal life in his new memoir called Let Love Rule. Among all the things that he talked about in the book, the rock star recalled the time when he got so angry at his father, Cy, for cheating on his mother, actress Roxy, and using her money to support his side check. In his book, Lenny claimed that the incident when he was still in his 20s, back then he overheard his father talking to a woman on the phone. Uh, He was saying things like, baby, baby, I can't hide the last 50,000. And as he further listened, listened in on the conversation, he came to the conclusion that his father was cheating on his mother and that he was supporting his mistress with the money, get this, that his mother received. Because remember, his mother uh, was on the hit TV show, The Jeffersons. 
And learning of this, Lenny got so mad that he wanted to kill his own father. He said that he went beyond anger, right? He wanted to kill him right then and there. He wanted him dead. This is what he's saying in the memoir. In the end, Lenny decided to fly to the Bahamas to tell his mother about it in person, but at that moment he said that he saw something he'd never seen before. He said that he saw his mother's face crack and her soul fall to the floor, right? He said he watched the life drain from her body, and she just became this empty shell. And it turned out that Roxy had already realized that Cy was cheating on her all this time, but she could not bring herself to divorce him due to her upbringing. You know, she's from the West Indies, and, you know, in in West Indian culture, you know, they don't, you know, believe in divorce per se. Um, but, if, if you know, if I'm wrong about that, let me know. But I, I think... You know, because of that West Indian culture, you know, divorce is not uh, something that they just, you know, do lightly. Anyway, uh, in the end, his father confessed the truth, and he said that he was having an affair with a black woman who was his co-worker at a bank at that time. And he recalled his father's words saying, quote, haunt me for the rest of my life. You'll do it too. In other words, he's saying that it'll just it'll be he told Lenny it's just a matter of time that you're going to be doing the same thing when you get married to your wife. The uh the memoir was released yesterday, Tuesday, October 6th. It's called Let Love Rule. Uh it also found Lenny opening up about his childhood and his relationship with Lisa Bonet among other things. Right? That's heavy. Right now we got 17 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week we try to bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and that way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, make sure, and don't forget, like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertainment One. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, and you can also follow me on Instagram at T. Jones Gibbs. Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith proved that they are unshakable after the entanglement drama. Month after the pair discussion of her past affair with August Alcina in an episode of Red Table Talk, they have now addressed tons of his crying face memes that stem from his appearance on the Facebook series. In a behind the scene video before the family, Except the Robin Williams Legacy of Laughter Award, Will and Jada explain why he looked sad and on the verge of tears on the Red Table Talk back in July. Now, this is what Will said. He said, I think because I drink so much coffee, I get dehydrated and it makes my eyes water. I know people think I'm crying all the time. Unquote. Now, Jada, who stands, uh, she, she was standing um, as she watched uh, Will chime in and uh, she said all this time he was not crying she confirmed it she said it was such a shame but he wasn't crying and she also explained that they were getting they were shooting at mid midnight it was really real late and they were trying to rush to go to the airport in the morning uh, the Gossam alum regret their decision not to follow her intuition to reshoot the whole thing and will agree with her but seeing uh 
I guess, jovial about the outcome anyway as saying that it played out, that everybody was like, poor Will, they think he's sad. And he said, no, it's not. It's like they love themselves some Will. That's what he was saying. But Will and Jada sat down in a July episode of Red Table Talk to talk about August's claim that he had an affair with the 49-year-old actress. She admitted that she had an attainment with the 28-year-old singer when she and Will separated. And returning for a new episode of the Facebook series in late September, Jada and her daughter Willow Smith talked about her attainment and confession during which the 19-year-old praised her mother. And she said, quote, I want to put it on the table. I'm so proud of you to be able to see you and dad do that for me that was like okay that's the real deal that's real love unquote and speaking of red table talk oh i'm excited uh gloria stefan wants to break taboos in the latin community with her new talk show and she's starting with her daughter coming out story in an upcoming episode the superstar is about to launch red table talk the stefans a spinoff from jada pinkett smith facebook watch series which she will co-host with singer Emily Estefan and her niece Lily Estefan and she hopes to help her community by tackling issues not often talked about like sexuality. Um, Gloria told the talk yesterday on Tuesday, October 6th that her daughter Emily came out three years ago and no one knew because they really never had the reason or opportunity to talk about how they dealt with as a family. She said it was important for Emily, her daughter, to talk about it on their new show, and it was important for them to put it on the table. They share so much of their personal lives and private lives through social media, and they wanted to use it in a good way, a healing way. Now, Gloria said, quote, it's important because some people are going through these types of things. We hope to at least get it out there and speak about it, especially in the Latin community. So many things are taboo, like everything is taboo. My mother never even kissed my father till they were married by the church, unquote. Red Table Talk, the Estefans, launches today, Wednesday, October 7th. And Daniel Craig is fully supportive of plans to delay his final outing as James Bond until next year, 2021, insisting it simply isn't the right time to launch the action blockbuster. No Time to Die has been among the big Hollywood releases to fall victim to the coronavirus crisis, with its release previously postponed for, uh, eight, from April 2020 to November 2020. However, it was recently bumped once again until Easter amid new COVID-19 spikes around the globe. And although fans have been left disappointed, Craig is adamant that uh, is adamant that bosses at the MGM studio have made the right decision. Now, Craig told uh, talk show host Jimmy Fallon of the pandemic on Monday night, coinciding with James Bond Day. He said that this thing is just bigger than all of us. He said, quote, we just want people to go and see the movie in the right way, in a safe way. We want to release the movie at the same time all around the world, and this isn't the right time. So fingers crossed, April 2nd is going to be our day, unquote. Now, Craig uh, is happy he agreed to return for one more action thriller after infamously declaring he'd rather slash his wrist to make another movie as 007 following 2015 Spectre. Now, addressing his controversy comments about returning for a fifth and final film as the super spy, he said that he needed a break, 
and he admitted it. He said he needed to get his head away from it a while for a while, and once he had he and the producers just started talking about storylines and things they could do, that they could do and where they would could take it. No Time to Die, directed by Carrie Joji uh, Fukunaga, also stars uh, Jeffrey Wright, Leah Seydoux, and Rami Malek. And fans have been anticipating Normani's new song ever since she released her first single as a solo artist, Motivation, to the point that some of them start blaming her team for the lack of new music from the artist. However, in a new interview with Teen Vogue, the singer said that it was all about it was all because of her anxiety. Normani, who graced the cover of the magazine's latest issue, said, quote, vulnerability is talking about the fact that I do get anxious, no, that I do get anxiety sometimes, and just showing the consumer what they feel like for me. Just the fact that I'm in the position that I'm in, but I don't want to be so unattainable. I'm just the girl next door, unquote. Now, despite that, Normani promised to bring the best quality ever through the new song and debut album. Normani's debut album is something that fans have been expecting for a long time after Fifth Harmony announced their hiatus. Finally addressing when the project will get to see the light of day, the former Dancing with the Star contestant explained that uh, when God tells her that it's done, then it'll be done. And she said she she feels it when when it's going to be happening. And during the interview, Normani also teased that her first album will help her reintroduce herself, as she said there will be uh, an opportunity for the public to be able to get to know her in a way that ha- that they haven't been able to before. Uh, this is what she said, quote, I just want to be able to show not only women but people in general that I am a human as well, unquote. George Michael's ex-boyfriend, Kenny Goss, has launched a legal bid for $20,000 a month from the late star's estate. The 62-year-old Texan who dated the Wham! singer for 13 years before their 2011 split is suing Michael's family, claiming he was reliant on the hitmaker's money and should still be provided for. And this is according to the Britain's The Sun newspaper. Although the Face Star paid Goss a generous monthly allowance before they split, he left the businessman nothing after his death in 2016 at the age of 53. However, Goss insists that the single was not in his right mind when he made his will. The former art dealer claimed he gave up his career to look after the tragic star and is now suing Michael's sister and elderly dad for at least $20,000 a month. A source tells the tabloid that during their final years together, Kenny was effectively a stay-at-home husband and almost entirely looked after financially by George. The businessman filed court papers against Michael Lawyer with the singer's sisters plus his dad, named in the original paperwork. An amendment was made last month following his sister's Melanie death at the age of 59 last December. Goss is suing under the Inheritance Provision for Family Independent Act, 1975. Wow, I tell you. Right now we have here um, 20, oh, we got about 32 minutes left remaining in the show. Uh, Coming up, um, they already started production on season four of Stranger Things. Because, you know, 
because of the COVID-19 shutdown. They're getting ready to go into production. And uh, Steve Carell is set to return for the second season of Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon hit TV drama, The Morning Show. And uh, Saturday Night Live made a grand return with season 46 last Saturday. It was one of the most second most watched for the series in 12 years. I'll tell you about it. And speaking about it, Alec Baldwin had to defend playing Donald Trump on the premiere of the new season because currently Donald Trump is uh, sick with the virus. And Gabrielle Union has slammed speculation that her decision to bring forward allegations of racism and misconduct on the set of American God Talent was a publicity stunt. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
Tune in to That's Entertainment, the number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now, we got 26 minutes left remaining in the show. That was BTS Call Home. And congratulations to BTS. Their song, Dynamite, is uh, at number one for the second week in a row on Billboard Hot 100. And uh, next month, November, they're going to be coming out with a new album. So a lot of the, the BTS army are so excited. They're looking forward to that. And I think this weekend they're supposed to have a virtual concert uh, on Saturday, October the 10th and 11th. But always check out BTS. Uh, they, If you follow them on Twitter and on their Facebook They'll have all that information posted where you can get tickets and stuff like that. Uh, right uh, before we went to the music break, I was telling you that um, the production on season four of Stranger Things is back up and running following the COVID-19 shutdown. Uh, filming for the forthcoming series initially began early this year, but it was paused after just a few weeks due to the pandemic as the world went into lockdown. Following the lead of a number of other shows, however, the cast is back on set, and the official Stranger Things Twitter account teased the upcoming episode with a new photo. Alongside the snap of a clapboard from the set, they pinned, meanwhile, in the upside down, that's what they put as the caption, other Hollywood projects scrambled to adjust their production, including movies like the, uh, including, included movies like The Batman and Cop Shop, as well as TV shows like Riverdale, Batwoman, DC's Legend of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and Chicago Med. Film and TV industry has been struggling to adapt to post-coronavirus world since lockdown was first imposed earlier this year. Many projects were either pushed back or called off as the industry was brought to a standstill due to the worldwide pandemic. Now, filmmakers like Martin Scorsese, Clint Eastwood, James Cameron, Christopher Nolan, John Shu, Sofia Coppola, Patty Jenkins, and Michael Bay recently signed an open letter pleading with the Congress to help bail out cinemas hit by the crisis. Steve Carell is set to return for the second season of Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon hit TV drama The Morning Show as filming resumed after the coronavirus lockdown. Now, production on the Apple TV Plus series will pick up again on October 19, and Carell, who initially signed on to star in the show for one year, will return. The Morning Show was in production on the first two episodes of the new season when Hollywood was shut down on March 12 due to the coronavirus pandemic. The Morning Show, which is also produced by Aniston and Witherspoon, is set in the cutthroat world of morning news, U.S. morning news, rather. It received eight Emmy nominations, three Golden Globe Award nominations, as well as a Television Critic Association nomination for Outstanding New Program. Saturday Night Live made a grand return with season 46 on October 3rd. The season premiere, which featured Jim Carrey as Joe Biden while Chris Rock was hosting, was reportedly the most watched episode in four years. According to Deadline, over 7.7 million viewers tuned in into the episode, which arrived exactly one month before the 2020 election on November 3rd. The episode is also the second most watched for the series in 12 years, following the premiere prior to the 2016 election. Additionally, it marked the most watched entertainment telecast of the week. 
featuring Maya Rudolph reprising her role as Joe Running Maid, Kamala Harris, uh, one of the skits in the episode tackled the most recent presidential debate. It also referenced to Donald Trump COVID-19 diagnosed with Alex Baldwin, Trump pulling out his mask, pulling off out his mask, which uh, transpired to be to be a pair of underwear. And uh, Alex Baldwin had to defend playing Donald Trump on the premiere of the new season of Saturday Night Live over the weekend while Trump is battling coronavirus in the hospital. The 62-year-old portrayed the current POTUS on the show on Saturday with his cold open sketch mocking the first presidential debate between Trump and Democratic candidate Joe Biden. However, while Baldwin's skit as Trump had been well-received in the past, Saturday episode was met with backlash from some viewers due to the fact that Trump was at the time being cared for in the hospital while battling COVID-19. He's not in the hospital anymore. Uh, The star addressed the backlash in a lengthy video on his Instagram page on Sunday in which he said, quote, if there was ever the suggestion that Trump was truly gravely ill, Trump and people said Trump is really in trouble, then I would bet you everything I have that we wouldn't get near that in terms of content on the show. They would have done something else. I've seen that happen before. We only have the words of the White House itself and people who work there themselves to go on, and all of them have all been saying he isn't in any danger. We only have their word to go by, and if their word was that he was in serious trouble, then we probably wouldn't have done it. Unquote. Insisting that the chaotic debate formed a major part of the sketch and there was only a few references to the president's illness, uh, Alec Baldwin said that they thought that the debate was something topical and that they didn't have anything with him in a hospital bed, but they had the debate. And he said that you have to have a very good reason to avoid that. Uh you know, and and nobody thought that they would that they were mocking somebody's illness by doing that. And also, uh, Alex also concluded by saying that while he had no, he's no fan of the president, he never wished him any harm. Gabrielle Union has slammed speculation that her decision to bring forward allegations of racism and misconduct on the set of America Got Talent was a publicity stunt. The actress was fired from her judging role on the competition show last year after just one season and claimed she was let go after complaining about behind-the-scenes comments and experiences. Union and NBC bosses met up in December to thrash things out, and the TV chiefs agreed to conduct an investigation following which they declared they had uncovered no wrongdoing and had closed the case. While they come to an amicable resolution with the actress, the L.A. Finest star tells Marie Claire magazine producers gave her excessive notes about her appearance and damned her hairstyle to black and insists that she should be able to exist however the F she wanted to exist. Now, this is really ironic that this was an issue on the set because California was one of the first states, <coughs> excuse me, to ban discrimination against natural hairstyles in the workplace and at school. Uh, it's called the Crown Act. And matter of fact, here in New York, we're the second state to uh, to ban the discrimination as well. Because American Got Talent is filmed in Pasadena, California. So 
I'm surprised Gabrielle didn't um, get him for that. Now, I don't know if it came into effect during the time, but, <coughs> excuse me, mm. yeah, frog in my throat. But I'm I'm really surprised that she didn't get them for that either. Because if that was the case, she could have got them for that as well. But I don't know if it uh, if California had had started the band back then. Um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier has continued its filming month after the production of his upcoming Disney Plus series was shut down due to COVID-19 concern. It has been reported that the filming has resumed in Prague. Now, the report emerged online after a stunt woman by the name of Vanessa Cater, who has confirmed she is part of the MCU Disney Plus show crew. She took the Instagram account to share multiple photos and videos, and one of the posts saw the stunt team getting on a plane, while another post featured them having fun while strolling around Prague. This arrives after cast member Emily Van Camp, who's reprising her role as Sharon Carter on the forthcoming series, confirmed that she's wrapping filming on the show. In an Instagram post a few days ago, she shared a picture of her chair from the Georgia Atlanta, Georgia set, and she put in the caption, that's a wrap. And she put the hashtag, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, hashtag coming soon. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has... Carrie Scoglin serving behind the lens. It also starred Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan as the main characters. And joining them are Wyatt Russell as John Walker and Daniel Brohl as Helbert Zemo. Noah Mills and Carl Lumbly has also been tapped to star on the show as undisclosed characters. The series is scheduled to debut on Disney Plus in 2021. And the cast of Frasier gave fans of the 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 of Frasier gave fans a taste of what a full reunion would look like after gathering for a Star in the House virtual special on Saturday, October third. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, David Hyde Pierce, Jane Levies, Perry Gilpin. B.B. Newworth and Dan Butler teamed up to chat with Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley for their latest live stream event, staged to raise money for the Actors Fund. It was the second time the Fraser cast had gathered for the Stars in the House initiative. They reunited online earlier this year. The sitcom, which ran for 11 seasons between 1993 and 2004, is heading for a comeback with Grammar revealing a revamp in its development. Right now, we have 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break, and we will be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. Fighting myself for 
from Alicia Keys featuring Khalid and So Done. Right now we have about 11 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, K-pop star Blackpink are so excited to have teamed up with Cardi B on their track, Bet You Wanna. Uh, Singer Jeannie, Jisoo, Rose, and Lisa told CNN that they had the opportunity to work with the hit maker, including Cardi, Selena Gomez, and Lady Gaga on their debut record, The Album, which has had a big big impact on their music. The album, which also features the track Ice Cream, their collaboration with Selena, is out now. And just before Cardi B collaboration came out, the Korean all-girl group debuted Lovesick Girls music video. It quickly amassed 10 million views in just 53 minutes, breaking their own record. Their previous Ice Cream music video reached about 10 million views in just 55 minutes. Ice Cream also became an instant hit on the chart. It debuted at number two on the Billboard Digital Songs and at number eight on Billboard streaming songs. On top of that, it 
peaked at number 13 on the Hot 100, becoming the group's highest-charting single. It is also their third consecutive top 40 entry on the chart, making them the first all-female act to do so since Fifth Harmony. And Lady Gaga leads the nominees for this year's uh, MTV Europe Music Awards with an impressive seven nods. The Stupid Love Hitmaker is up for awards including Best Artist, Best Pop, and Biggest Fans. And her collaboration with Ariana Grande, Rain On Me, is nominated in the Best Song, Best Collaboration, and Best Video Categories. Her seventh nod is for the Best U.S. Act. BTS and Justin Bieber are just behind with five nominations apiece, both including Best Pop and Biggest Fan nods. Justin is also up for the Best Artist alongside Gaga, uh, Dua Lipa, Harry Styles, Miley Cyrus, and The Weeknd. Meanwhile, BTS received recognition in the Best Group category alongside Five Seconds of Summer, Blackpink, Chloe and Haley, CNCO, and Little Mix. The other Best Pop nominees are Dua Harry, Katy Perry, and Little Mix. Competing against Gaga and Ariana for the best songs are BTS Dynamite, The Baby, and Roddy Rich for Rockstar. Duas Don't Stop Now, Roddy Rich Again with The Box, and The Weeknd Blinding Lights. The nomination was unveiled on Tuesday, October 6th, along with three new categories, Best Latin, Video for Good, and Best Virtual Live. Other notable nominees include WAP, Collaboration Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, who will compete for the Best Hip Hop Trophy alongside Eminem, Drake, The Baby, Roddy Rich, and Travis Scott. Liam Gallagher is also up for Best Rock alongside Coldplay, Green Day, Pearl Jam, Tame Impala, and The Killers. Young Blood is among the Rising Acts nomination. Uh, nominated for Best New Prize. Performers and presenters presenters of the 27th edition of the prize giving will be unveiled soon ahead of a live stream ceremony on November 8th. And Sam Smith has landed the Song of the Year honor at the BMI London Awards 2020 for his Normani collaboration, Dancing with a Stranger. The track bagged the prize at the annual award ceremony on Monday, October 5th, held to the honor the top U.K. and European songwriters, composer, and music publishers of the past year. The award show was held virtually with winners announced across BMI digital and social channels. The Song of the Year is awarded to the most performed songs in the United States by a U.K. or European songwriter. And Rihanna has broken her silence after uh, being criticized for using a song that contained sacred Islamic verses at her latest Savage and Fenty fashion show. The singer and businesswoman took the Instagram story on Tuesday, October 6th, to apologize to her Muslim fans over her and her team's decision to use the song during the show. Now, Riri began by thanking the Muslim community by pointing out their mistake, which she called a huge oversight that was unintentionally offensive in her Savage and Fenty show. The Grammy winner Land also added that uh, she said, quote, I would more importantly like to apologize to you for this honest yet careless mistake. We understand that we have hurt many of our Muslim brothers and sisters, and I'm incredibly disheartened by this. I do not play with any kind of disrespect towards God or any religion, and therefore the use of our project was completely irresponsible. Unquote. Riri went on saying, promising that this kind of thing would not happen again in the near future and that she is uh, moving forward and she wants to make sure nothing like this happens again and she wants to thank everybody for their forgiveness. 
Riri previously faced backlash of um, fans um, during one of the songs played during her fashion show uh, called Doom contained a hatus explaining the end of the times. And speaking of Rihanna, her long-awaited new album will be a moment of relief for fans following a heavy year. Fan has been longing for the work maker forthcoming ninth album ever since the release of her 2016 effort Anti. And uh, she's uh, she is also um, she said that she's she's trying to shed away from teasing the release while keeping from sharing too many details. Now, speaking to the Associated Press following her Savage and Fenty Volume Two event earlier this year, uh, I'm sorry, earlier this week, she revealed she's looking at tracks that are upbeat for the record. After hosting tons of writing camps for the album, she asked herself. What does she feel personally? What does she want to put out? And as an artist, what does she want to play? You know, play it with her art. How does she want to interpret it? Uh, how she want to interpret that? And how does she want to reimagine it? Because it's been so structured before. Uh, Rihanna also said, quote, that she just want to have fun with music. Everything is so heavy. The world that we live in is a lot. It's overwhelming every single day. And with the music, I'm using that as my outlet, unquote. Riri currently is focusing on her energy, on her fashion brand. Rumors of her new album has been flying around on the Internet. And earlier this year, she was reported to reunite with her frequent collaborator, Eminem, for a new song. And it's and, been, and you know it's been years since NSYNC, NSYNC shocked the world with their split announcement. But while people all around the world were surprised and disbelieved over it, the band didn't think it was that shocking. Considered that they had been thinking of going their own way, and that's according to Justin Timberlake. Uh, Justin recently stopped by Zane Lowe's Apple Music Essential podcast, in which. The latter recalled the hype around the boys' band split at the time. And when um, Justin tried to downplay how big the news had been, he got called out by Zayn, who pointed, pointed out that he might think so because he was working on his solo music at the time. And um, he also said that uh, Zane said to Justin that, you know, he was too busy hanging out either in Miami or wherever Pharrell Williams was. And despite that, uh, Justin still insisted that his former groupmates were thinking the same thing. He told the podcast host at the time that he thinks everybody had aspirations of doing other things and that uh, they had talked about it. And for him, it was always, you know, that he, something that he had wanted to do ever since he was 10 years old, that his dream was to have his own record. So that was the end of that. Reba McIntyre and Darius Rucker will be co-hosting the 54th Annual Country Music Association Award on November 11. Now, Reba has previously hosted the prize given four times, but the former Hootie and the Blowfish frontman has never fronted the big show. Rucker revealed he's uh, studying McIntyre's past show shows to get a feel for the job. Now, Reba revealed there will be an audience at the event, unlike the recent Academy of Country Music Awards, which was staged in Nashville, Tennessee, without a crowd. And the baby recently, um, his recent music video shooting in North Carolina did not end as everyone in the crew probably hoped for. Instead of wrapping up the shooting without any problems, the shooting reportedly ended abruptly 
after a gunfire erupted nearby the location. Footage of what happened during the incident had also made its way around online. In one of the clips, cars were seen speeding up and down the road, and a dozen people gathered in a crowd where all of a sudden several shots went off. Uh, there was another clip uh, where they showed police approaching the scene where a uh, a woman who was injured was lying on the ground. And the man behind the camera could be heard saying that they hit the lady, uh, they were shooting at us, um, and so on and so on. And following the incident, the baby took to his Instagram account to assure his fans that he was not in the vicinity when the shooting took place. He also used this opportunity to promote his new music video. Uh, His attorney doubled down on his statement while speaking to TMZ, telling the publication that the shootout indeed took place near his music video shooting location. However, the rapper nor any of the crew were related to that. His attorney additionally told the news site that the baby sends his heartfelt prayers to anyone injured or otherwise advisedly affected as a result of the shooting incident. And Offset is working with bosses at gaming and event company Access Replay to develop new ways for artists to connect with fans. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues, live shows remain off the cars, with Axe heading online for a live stream concert to keep fans entertained during the crisis. The format has become the new normal for stars and their followers worldwide. And speaking to Forbes, Offset insists he's determined to push the concept to the next level with the latest venue. And Joni Mitchell has shared her firstborn original song, Day After Day, as the latest single from the upcoming collection, Joni Mitchell Archives, Volume 1, The Early Years, 1963 to 67. The folk singer has announced the release of a new collaboration on October 30th with subsequent albums of rarity planned to be unveiled over the next few years. The early years were featured nearly six hours of previously unreleased material, including the Both Sides Now and uh, early performances at the age of 19. Day After Day was recorded on August 24, 1965, for Jack Holzman, co-founder of Elektra Records. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe. Make sure you go out and vote. Make sure you register to vote because it's so important. And also make sure you wear your mask. Take care. Talk to you soon. And have a great week.